Yeah, yeah. Well, Kay- yeah, no, Casey, you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I see you over there holding those peanuts. <laughs> well, I have to have my snack for when it's story time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the peanuts are like popcorn. Yeah. Okay. I started doing that last week. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so uh, today we're going to be going over an entire book in the Bible. Woo! We're going to cram all of this book in, in into today's show. <clears throat> I was going to make some kind of reference up God's ass, but, you know, I figured trying to play this PG. Well, this one... What? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Godless Engineer channel. Yeah. It's not for children. It's not for children? No. What about people with sensitive ears and sensibilities? Have we ever cared about people's sensibilities? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Okay. Anyways, last time on the Bible, Aaliyah killed everyone because why not? Joe, though, was saved. E. Honda served as Joe's regent. Now currently in the bible the book of joel <laughs> yes we're going over the book of joel today thank you You're announcer welcome. um <clears throat> so anyways the whole story of joel is that there's going to be this great disaster movie that's shot right there in judea or not judea in judah and there's going to be lots of locusts and extras and all this other stuff it's a really big i mean it's a lot like hollywood alabama I mean, it's kind of the hick part of the world, but, you know, we still like to name it Hollywood. Well, they're, you know, pretty much like that. Um, so, Wait, is that a place? Yeah. There's a Hollywood, Alabama. Why have we not gone, gone there? I don't know. Whereabouts in this state is it? I don't know. Probably next to the meth capital, Arab. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I, I think it's out in that direction. I'm not really sure. I mean, it's fucking Hollywood, Alabama. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, but you see, Joel's entire book is a prophecy. That's why he's wanting to turn it into a movie. So Joel tells all of the people in Judea to not forget this shit, meaning like the movie, the script, and all that other kind of shit, because we all know how the Israelites love to forget stuff. Now, <clears throat> you gotta you got to understand... Joel is impressing upon them that they need to mourn, repent, strip naked, and repeat. They got to do this all the fucking time, every single day, like probably about five times a day, you know, similar to how the Muslims do in Islam. They got to do it five times a day. Joel has them prepare for this major disaster movie because there's going to be a lot of plagues coming through here. Um, Namely, locusts. Let's see. Sorry, got to turn the page on my notes. Uh, Joel describes this whole new disaster horror movie based on the last time that God came down for a checkup on a city. What God did was he erased the sun, the moon, the stars, and everything for his arrival. I mean, it was a big deal, right? Um, Bigger than Aladdin coming into Agrabah. There is nothing bigger than that. (laughs) Uh, Joel says that the main plot of this movie is that everybody has to recommit themselves before God. Unless, you know, God's going to fuck you up if you don't. Um, God pulls out his domestic violence handbook right in front of everybody and proclaims that he doesn't want to hurt everybody in this town. 
uh, well, the, the chosen people, really. I mean, he doesn't want to hurt his chosen people, but they make him do it. You're the ones that are making me slap the shit out of you with locusts. Um, <laughs> now, if the Israelites, and, and I guess the in Judah and everything like that, were uh, to turn back and worship God again, he'll take pity on them. But... He turns right back around, pulls out his mobster handbook to proclaim that he will fix everything that he's done to them if they bend down and lick his toes. Yeah. Uh, so he also <laughs> promised protection from all these other assholes that are out there that want to fuck him up. And uh, God is also going to fuck up Egypt because fuck Egypt, right? And basically God is uh, going to... Fuck up uh, everybody that doesn't lick his kneecaps. And that's the end of the movie. God sits on his throne with several thousand Israelites licking his kneecaps and kissing his toes. Probably sucking on his toes, to be quite honest. <clears throat> no judgment. I mean, not about <laughs> toe sucking in general. Um, so, you know... That is by far the best one you've ever done. We don't even need to do the podcast. Really? Yeah. I wonder when his uh, disaster movie's coming out. Um, I think it already came out. It was just a long time ago. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, if you want me to read through this, we can. I mean, it is a Bible podcast, not a John just tells us the main points of the story podcast but you actually got the main points like pretty spot on fuck i am not doing this correctly if i get it (laughs) spot on i just i'm wrong so we need to hear it from the master oh okay the bible master (laughs) hardly What's up, heathens? How How y'all doing? So, obviously, apparently I got shit right for the Book of Joel. It was hard for me to fuck it up, I guess. I don't know. I I tried really hard to make it interesting, but, you know, it's it's a fucking prophecy from Joel. The Book of Joel, the the entire book is three chapters, and it is a prophecy. So You know who's going to be on the the thumbnail for this? Who? It's going to be Joel from The Last of Us. Okay, I thought you were going to say Joel. <coughs> God told her to fuck off. I started to say Joel Austin and I choked on it. That would be a good one too, but no, I'm um I'm I'm probably going to put Joel from The Last of Us. Okay. What do we want to do? So, as John said, the last time um we have a child king now in Judah. And very early in the years of Joash's reign. Is it much like the child king that we have now in America? No. This is an actual child. Well, he's probably got the same size, you know, hands. (laughs) This podcast is not for children. Um, So, yeah, Joash. And he's seven when he becomes king, right? And so... That's where we are right now in Judah. Okay. But very early on in his reign, a great disaster befalls Judah. And this prophecy from Joel tells of this disaster. Okay. And what they need to do following. So are we ready? 
Yes, uh, basically they're going to need to get naked, lick God's knees, and then mourn for their dignity. Anyway, the word of the Lord that came to Joel, son of Pethuel. Something something like that. I feel like he's a very pithy man. P-E-T-H-U-E-L. Does it really matter? Pethuel. I don't care. Okay. (laughs) Hear this, you elders. Listen, all who live in the land. Has anything like this ever happened in your days or in the days of your forefathers? Tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten, with the great locusts have left. The young locusts have eaten, what the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. Jesus Christ. The locust fucking ate everything. That's the point. Yeah. Okay. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you drinkers of wine. Wail because of the new wine, for it has been snatched from your lips. A nation has invaded my land, powerful and without number. It has the teeth of a lion, the fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vines and ruined my fig trees. It has stripped off their bark and thrown it away, leaving their branches white. If there's one thing I've learned from Shannon Q, it's you don't snatch someone's wine away from them. Oh, no, you don't take wine. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That will get you fucked up. Yep. Not in the good way, either. No. Mourn like a virgin, or a young woman, depending on how you translate that particular word, in sackcloth. Grieving for the husband or betrothed, because here's the interesting thing. It's actually, here's how it's written. Mourn like a virgin in sackcloth, grieving for the husband of her youth. So if she's a virgin, how does she have youth with a husband? I don't know. That does seem paradoxical, doesn't it? Because I thought that, like, as soon as you get married, you get fucked. Well, yeah. So it has footnotes, though. Uh, With the word virgin, it could also mean young woman. And the word husband could also mean betrothed, but you also wouldn't have betrothed. You wouldn't have kids with your betrothed mm-hmm. as a virgin. So this this sentence makes no sense to me. Anyway, grain offerings and drink offerings are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests are in mourning. Those who minister before the Lord, the fields are ruined. The ground is dried up. The grain is destroyed. The new wine is dried up. The oil fails. Despair, you farmers, wail, you vine growers, grieve for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field is destroyed. The vine is dried up and the fig tree is withered. The pomegranate, the palm and the apple tree, all the trees of the field are dried up. Surely the joy of mankind is withered away. Okay, so I feel like, because uh, th- this has a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm getting a lot of imagery that I also see in the New Testament here mm-hmm. with the fig tree. Uh, because in, in the um, basically with the fig tree in the New Testament, like everybody, you know, talks about how, oh, Jesus yelled at the fig tree because it wasn't producing fruit at a season. And Jesus is a crazy motherfucker. I mean, <laughs> he is, but there's a larger meaning to that particular parable. For one thing, it's obviously a parable because uh, Jesus, uh, he, he finds the fig tree and, before he goes and he fucks up the temple, uh, and then when he comes back, he curses the fig tree 
uh, or uh, I can't remember how that is. But in, in, in any case, the fig tree is a metaphor for the chosen people, uh, like the Jews, mm-hmm. basically. And with the fig tree being dried up or being cursed or whatnot, that was symbolism uh, for how the current like Jewish system, like all of the Sanhedrin and like all of that, is corrupted. It's dry. It's it bears no fruit, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm seeing a similar <laughs> illusion here in the Old Testament when it's talking about how the lands are dried up, how you know there's no the the fig. The, it even talks about how the fig uh, mm-hmm. is the fig tree is withered. Right. It's talking about the Jewish society. Well, they're not Jews right now, obviously. The Israelites the, is, and the and the people of Judah. Yeah, the chosen people of God. Right. They're they're poisoned fruit basically, and so that's why this entire prophecy is about them returning and recommitting themselves to god well right and the interesting thing is that like that's what we have seen in their society thus far since we've read through and all the kings have been shit right all the kings have done wrong every king has done wrong and so the only reason that God doesn't wipe all of them from the face of the earth essentially is because he made promises to the earlier Kings that were better, you know? Well, and I mean, for like what, four or five generations now, the Kings have just been fucking horrible. Yeah. Horrible. So, I mean, it makes like, I don't know why just now the fig trees drying up. Well, and it's even longer. (laughs) It's even longer than that because some of those, um, what, I don't remember what it was a few weeks ago. We did one and we had like, I don't know, four kings in one. Remember, they yeah. died, and then they died, and then they died. One was for one year. One was for four years. Like, it was just bam, bam, bam. Yeah. One after another. And that's how it's been. Right. And, you know, people killing to take the throne and killing their siblings, killing their children, killing their entire families. It's been super bizarre. Yeah. But, I mean, to be honest, God hasn't really seemed to have a problem with that part. The main problem is that they are not 100% fully destroying paganism in their society. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been a problem for a while because they always keep, you know, something to appease the pagans. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, what was it? Um, uh, Alicia? He fucking... He fucking came in and cleaned that up. Was that... <laughs> it was Alicia that, that, that killed all of the ball priests, right? Bale. Ba- sorry, Bale whatever um i don't remember which one killed all the priests of Baal. um it was either elijah or alicia i'm wanting to say that it's alicia i think it was are you sure it wasn't jehu well i mean jehu he also did that but elijah i think it was elisha also came in and did that yeah it's there's been a lot of killing yeah because don't you remember the it was um it was either elijah or alicia came and was like, hey, why don't you erect a, a mount thing for your god and mm-hmm. see if he'll come down or whatnot. And since Baal didn't come down, he was like, fucking kill them all. <laughs> like, <laughs> just fucking John Wick them all. <laughs> yeah, so... I'm thinking it was Elisha. Uh, it's Elisha, first of all. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Elisha. Uh, the whole time we've been doing the Bible podcast, we've said Elisha. I'm well, just saying, I, I, stay consistent. Well, Elisha, well, no, I mean, there's Elijah and, and Elisha. El, Elish, oh well, I don't, I don't know. 
I'm not here to pronounce things. Okay. So we have had a lot of massacres. And even though it was it was Elijah who killed all of the, who had that game, played the game, let them pick a bowl, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was Elijah. And so we've had a lot of that kind of stuff. But here's the problem is that even though he might have killed all the prophets, there's always like something that remains. Like they left the golden calves or, you know, because when they left the golden calves that the people of Ben had, or they tore down the high places, but didn't kill all the priests, or they killed all the priests, but they left the high places. And so there's always something that's going on that's not okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we have seen in, in this society here is it's been withered. You know, it's not what God would want it to be. So I think that's, we're coming to, we're coming to a head here. Mm -hmm. All right. In this prophecy. So at this point in the prophecy, Joel um, calls for the people to repent. And here's what he says. Put on sackcloth, O priests, and mourn. Wail you, wail you who minister before the altar. Come spend the night in sackcloth, you who minister before my God. For the grain offerings and drink offerings are withheld from the house of your God. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas for that day. For the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Has not the food been cut off before our very eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seeds are shriveled beneath the clods. The storehouses are in ruins. The granaries have been broken down. For the grain has dried up. How the cattle moan. The herds mill about because they have no pasture, even though the flocks of sheep are suffering. To you, O Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the open pastures, and flames have burned up all the trees of the field. Even the wild animals pant for you. The streams of water have dried up, and fire has devoured the open pastures. All right, we're getting ready to the crazy shit. You ready? Uh Uh-oh, not the crazy shit. (laughs) Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as such as never was of old, nor ever will be in ages to come. Before them, fire devours. Behind them, a flame blazes. Before them, the land is like the Garden of Eden. Behind them, a desert waste. Nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses. They gallop along like cavalry. With a noise like that of chariots, they leap over the mountaintops, like a crackling fire consuming stubble, like a mighty army drawn up for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face turns pale. They charge like warriors. They scale walls like soldiers. They all march in line, not swerving from their course. They do not jostle each other. Each marches straight ahead. They plunge through the defenses without breaking ranks. They rush upon the city. They run along the wall. They climb into the houses like thieves. They enter through the windows. Before them, the earth shakes, the sky trembles, the sun and moon are darkened, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord thunders at the head of his army, and his forces are beyond number, 
and mighty are those who obey his command. The day of the Lord is great. It is dreadful. Who can endure it? So basically, what I take away from this, and you're probably going to tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) God employs an army full of ninjas who can run on walls and crawl up them like Spider-Man. Sounds legit. Yeah, I mean, this is like, think Infinity War, <laughs> but Thanos God. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty much Infinity War. The, the end game, actually. End game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. So this is the part where John was talking about the whole domestic abuse handbook. (laughs) I don't know about you, but if you've been listening to the Bible podcast for a while, you've kind of probably noticed that God is not slow to anger. (laughs) Um, not typically compassionate. Um, I feel like compassion, um, should not require, um, being worshiped. You know what I mean? Like somebody doesn't have to do something to fall on their faces at my feet in order for me to show them compassion. You know what I mean? I don't feel like that's compassion. Um, Abounding in love doesn't really describe the God that we've come to know in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You think? No, no, no. God, God's not full of fucking love. He's full. He's full of like hate and and anger and jealousy and just like ah, serve me or I'll fuck you and not in a good way. What? And it doesn't. It says he relents from sending calamity. He doesn't. He meaning he doesn't like to send calamity. He doesn't enjoy doing it. He does it because it's necessary. But any time that there's like some kind of giant massacre or some sort of plague or something like that, or somebody did something evil, like Jehu, how Jehu went through and killed all of those people, and God celebrated him because he'd done right in his eyes. Yeah. So. It, I don't feel like he relents from sending calamity. This does not, this description right here, this is in, this is Joel chapter two, um, midway through. And this does not seem like the God we know. Mm-hmm. So he continues, who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord, your God. I feel like the blessing there, it's like he may turn and leave a blessing. It's like, wait a second. We're talking about God shit, aren't we? But he says, (laughs) but he says he may leave a blessing. And then the blessing is grain offerings and drink offerings for God, which still is not for the people. He's leaving a blessing for himself. Well, Well, so here's, here's the way I'm going to argue this. Uh, Manure. (laughs) <laughs> is definitely used to like, you know, grow things, grow things, mm-hmm. and you can grow grapes with it, and then you can make the grapes into wine. So there's your drink, and then you can grow food, and you could also, I guess, grow a field for cows and shit to, or well, whatever, whatever kind of livestock they have, lamb. So you're you're holding to he's his blessing is a dump. Yes, it's okay. a giant turd. Okay. Shall we continue? Yeah. 
Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn by a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? So it's interesting because these where he's talking about say among the peoples, this is other people. This is not the Israelites. This is all the other people. And so the concern here is that other people are saying, where's your God? Mm -hmm. That's really a weird thing to be concerned about other than he's not getting enough worship and he's not being able to show his glory enough or whatever so that other people don't see him. I mean, it it is kind of weird that, you know, people aren't looking at your God's dick enough. (laughs) Okay. So now we're going to have a promise that Joel is going to prompt. Well, Joel's going to prophesy a blessing. Okay. Okay. So then the Lord will be jealous for his land and take pity on his people. The Lord will reply to them. I am sending you grain, new wine and oil enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. I will drive the northern army far from you, pushing it into a parched and barren land with its front columns going into the eastern sea and those in the rear into the western sea. And its stench will go up, its smell will rise. Surely he has done great things. Be not afraid, O land, be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. Be not afraid, O wild animals, for the open pastures are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains in righteousness. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains, as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten. The great locust and the young locust, the other locusts and the locust swarm. My great army that I sent among you. So here he admits, I did this to you. Mm-hmm. But if you if you repent enough and pray to me enough and beg me enough and follow my way enough and kiss my ass enough, then maybe I'll fix all the shit I may, fucked up. Maybe I'll fix the shit I fucked up. I mean, all you got to do is lick my toes <laughs> and we'll be good. So he continues, you will have plenty to eat until you are full and you will praise the name of the Lord, your God, who has worked wonders for you. So then he's going to be the he's going to be the savior coming in. Mm-hmm. Right. After he fucked it up. This now this is like Trump. He's going <laughs> to fuck something up and be like, look, I fixed this problem that you created, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> um, so he says. Uh, Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel. I am the Lord your God and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And afterward, 
I will pour out my spirit on all people. Oh, we all know what that means. <laughs> your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. <laughs> your old your old men will dream the dreams of me spilling my spirit on them. <laughs> your young men will see visions. Oh, will they? Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. <laughs> are you are you some kind of pervert or something? <laughs> I had to, I had I, to do the Kent Hoban thing. I need I need to put that on a shirt. <laughs> I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth blood and fire and billows of smoke the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the lord and everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved for on mount zion and in jerusalem there will be deliverance as the lord has said among the survivors whom the lord calls so you have to declare right you have to um, you have to call on the name of the Lord to be saved, uh-huh. right? And everyone else is going to get fucked up. So in those days and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the Valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will enter into judgment against them concerning my inheritance, my people Israel, For they scattered my people among the nations and divided up my land. They cast lots for my people and traded boys for prostitutes. They sold girls for wine that they might drink. Now, what have you against me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all you regions of Philistia? Are you repaying me for something I have done? If you are paying me back, I will swiftly and speedily return on your own heads what you have done. For you took my silver and my gold and carried off my finest treasures to your temples. You sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks, that you might send them far from their homeland. See, I am going to rouse them out of the places to which you sold them, and I will return on your own heads what you have done. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabians, a nation far away. The Lord has spoken. So, let me get this straight. God, the absolute moral engine of the universe, has just mandated that his chosen people will kidnap other people's children, family members, and all that, and sell them as slaves to another nation far away to yep. take to take them away from the people. Yeah, but he didn't want to do that. He did that because to repay them for the evil that they had done. Oh, okay. So a Tukuke fallacy. Yeah, if they it. didn't, if they didn't want that kind of shit done to them, then they shouldn't have done it to the Israelites. Yeah, you know, I don't want to do this to you, but I've got to sell your bitches into slavery. Mm-hmm. Also, your sons. It's child sex slavery, by the way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so God, God is ordaining child sex slavery. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't say sex. Well, the so, selling the the young children into slavery. Yeah, the, I will sell your sons and daughters uh, to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabians. Yeah, it doesn't say well, for what. Okay, well, good point. Okay. Okay, so 
Proclaim this among the nations, prepare for war, rouse the warriors, let all the fighting men draw near and attack, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weaklings say, I am strong. Come quickly, all you nations from every side and assemble there. Bring down your warriors, O Lord, let the nations be roused. Let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the nations on every side. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come trample the grapes, for the winepress is full, and the vats overflow. So great is their wickedness. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will be darkened, and the stars will no longer shine. The Lord will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem. The earth and the sky will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, dwell in Zion, my holy hill. Jerusalem will be holy. Never again will foreigners invade her. Those foreigners. Well, it's interesting because he's like, I will be a refuge for my people, Israel. Dude, you fucked up your people, Israel. Like time and time and time again. But now he's going to save them and destroy everybody else. But only if mm-hmm. they suck his ass enough. <laughs> hey, she said it, not me. <laughs> so in that day, the mountains will drip new wine and the hills will flow with milk. All the ravines of Judah will run with water. A fountain will flow out of the Lord's house and will water the valley of the Acacias. But Egypt will be desolate. Edom, a desert waste. Because of violence done to the people of Judah, in whose land they shed innocent blood, Judah will be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem through all generations. Their blood guilt, which I have not pardoned, I will pardon. The Lord dwells in Zion. Of course he does. Yeah. Where else would he dwell other than Zion? (laughs) I mean, it's got great (laughs) property values. It's got like a villa overlooking the sea. I mean, right Is now. Is it near the sea? Right. Well, no, but right now it doesn't. Right now it's fucked up and on fire and covered in locusts and there's no fucking plants or anything and the cows are dying. Like, well, it's just a matter of perspective. I mean, oh, okay. you see it as like a chaotic shit pile, but I mean, to God, this is like, oh, look, all in a day's work. <laughs> I feel, I feel satisfied looking out from my Zion plateau, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and seeing like it, God's going to go back into his villa and he's just going to, he's going to sleep like a baby that night. Well, I mean, he's, he's, he says he's going to fix it all if they do right by him. Yeah. They just got to come by and lick his kneecaps. Yeah. So that's the book of Joel. Yay! No, but uh, Book of Joel is finished. <laughs> and next time we're going to continue. The reason it's in this spot in the middle of the Joash story is because that ha- supposedly that locust um, plague thing happened early on in Joash's reign. So oh, okay. Next week we're going to continue the story from Second Chronicles and Second Kings um, with more about Joash and we're going to talk about Joash taking wives, um, repairing the temple. We're going to talk some more about, uh, what happens in Israel. Um, something's going to happen with Jehu and we're going to get a new King mm-hmm. and you're going to love this guy. Jehoah, Jehoahaz, has, ho has, ho has, 
Hoezaz. I don't know. Jay Hoezaz. Jay Ho has an ass. <laughs> it's J E H O A H A Z. I'm going to have to look that one up. <laughs> Joe Ho's ass. Jeho has 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 Jeho. Jeho has a booty. <laughs> um so we're going to talk about the new king in Israel. And um yes, yeah, uh, the the guy whose balls haven't dropped yet. No, 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 that's Jeho. The, that J- so it, Judah is Joash. J- Judah is where they have the child king. Oh, okay. But he's not a kid anymore. He's taking wives, right? Oh, and, shit. So he's like 14? Um, I'm not, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure, but I'll, I'll look that up for you. Um, the, and I already said they were going to repair, repair the temple in Judah. Um, we're going to have another problem with paganism. Right? No, not paganism. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the Syrians are coming coming again, so we're going to deal with some Syrians. They haven't came in so long. We're going to have <laughs> another king of Israel. Um, and Elisha. Man, Elisha's going to die. So next week... <laughs> let's just Fun go ahead and, next week. Let's just go ahead and give the spoilers. Jehu is going to die. Oh, shit. Then the king that replaces Jehu, Jehohazaz. That's not how you say it. I'm going to look it up. He dies. Um, Jehoiada die or Jehoiada. He dies. I'm just going to call. I'm, I'm going to call that middle king there. Nicki Minaj. Uh, Jehohazaz. He dies. Um, Elisha. He dies. And then Joash. It's like a regular Game of Thrones episode. Then Joash dies. Damn, Joe. So we have lots of dying and king turnover in we, the king turnover is in Israel. The whole time next week we'll have Joe Ash's king until the very end. Um, and then, but in Israel we've got a lot of king turnover hmm. okay. and Elisha. Elisha, poor Elisha, and Jehoiada, mm-hmm. which is the pre the the priest, um, the guardian, Joe Ash's guardian. Who? Oh, Ehanda, got it. <laughs> Jehoiada. Okay. So anyway, that's coming next week. Lots Yay! of dying kings. Yeah. Lots of death next week. Uh, next week, heathens. I don't know why I tried to say next weeketh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast today. If you did, please leave a like as well as a comment down below. And don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. Bye, y'all.